Welcome to The Read Along. A mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Powered by ATB. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a time. Hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink and produced by Lisa Pruden, the Well-Endowed Podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. You can check it out right now and subscribe at thewellendowedpodcast.com. That's thewellendowedpodcast.com. So welcome back to yet another quarantine cast. <laughs> An isolation cast, let's be fair. Yeah. We're not officially quarantined. Not, well, no, not officially. But we but are We are self-isolating. We are limiting our movements to and fro in an effort to help flatten the curve. I don't think I've driven my car in two weeks. Nope. It might not even start next time you go to take it, it somewhere. It should. <laughs> my car's not that lousy. I have a fancy plug-in hybrid, and so it is much, much more fuel efficient, obviously. Yes, so I've been driving that. So, yeah, because we've been going out so infrequently, Nita's just been taking my car because yeah. it uses less gas and or just runs off electric. Yeah, so. less as in no gas. Or virtually no Virtually no it, gas. It still needs to run the engine because we are, it is allegedly springtime here in the fabulous northern tropics of Edmonton. Uh, by which we mean a brutal cold snap. Yeah. <laughs> Minus 20 up here. That's Celsius for those of you who are oh, overseas yes. listeners. Who... Minus 20 Celsius, uh, which is cold. Yeah, it's just cold. It is wintry, wintry cold. Yeah. And uh, some snow over the last couple of days as well. So it's just been delightful. We don't so much get spring around I mean... here as we get like teases with slush. <laughs> <laughs> but at the very least, I mean, if there was anything... That nature could do to incentivize staying in more, I can't think of it. That's true. Than just a brutal cold snap. At least around here, anyway. Yeah. Uh, But that just means more time for reading. And uh, that is what we have done and are here to share with you. So uh, briefly recapping chapter three of our novel, Beth crashes for the evening, wakes up to find that Dom has done a little detectiving. Yes. And has found some clues <laughs> that uh, prove that Lewis Braid, at the very least, and his teenaged Thomas and Emily. Yes. Uh, definitely are living that Florida life right now. Definitely exist and are definitely in Florida. But this just raises further questions because Georgina and Flora do not appear in any of their social media Yeah, postings. no mentions, no pictures. Yeah. Nothing. And that is what segues us directly into Chapter 4 of Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hanna. So Beth is up bright and early the next morning. In fact, I almost kind of get the impression that she might have spent the night on the computer. Maybe. Yeah. Because like obsessively clicking through things and yeah. not realizing what time it is. Because she wakes up Dom uh, and essentially immediately bombards him with a request to contact Lewis Braid via social media. Yes. And he's he's all bleary-eyed and I haven't had coffee yet. Yeah. Now, her reasoning behind roping Dom into this is because apparently the only social media account that Lewis does not have 
is Facebook. And that is, conversely, the only social media that Beth has. That, to me, sounds like an excuse. Well, maybe, but also legit. Well, and I can, legit I, to a point, it's not hard thing. to sign up for an Instagram account. It's true, but she doesn't want to. And Dom has an Instagram account. And it actually tracks. It makes sense based on their uh, respective professions. Because yeah. we, we are confirmed this chapter that yes. Beth is indeed a massage therapist. As we suspected. Um, and Dom is a graphic designer. So it makes sense that Dom has more social media influence and presence. And that Beth probably only signed up on Facebook so that she could have... A Facebook presence for her massage business, for her home massage business. Yeah. So that she could, clients could contact her and sign up. Assuming that she is a self-employed RMT, which I think it's safe to assume she is based even, on their, her discussion about the house. Yeah. Even if she's not, she's certainly working from home. So. Yeah. Yeah. So my guess is that that's why she has Facebook, but not much else. But Dom does have all See, of the things. And it still feels to me, at the very least, like an easy excuse to get Dom to do the dirty work. Fair enough. And it's because she still has some reluctance to contact these well, people. Exactly. She's been dancing around contacting her old friends for four chapters now. And 12 years prior to that. Exactly. So, so it just feels like, I don't know, it feels like passing the buck to me. Well, she's not the only one who has some reluctance to contact Lewis. And Dom also has some reluctance. Yeah, he doesn't seem particularly keen to get a hold of this guy either. Be because why? Why contact him out of the blue? And why pester him about something that Dom is pretty sure is just a case of mistaken identity? He even suggests a few reasons why Georgina and Flora might not be in the photos, which include that they just might not want their photos posted online, whereas yeah. the teens might not have a problem with it. Or maybe Flora became a school teacher and doesn't want her students to be able to, like, poke into her private life. And Beth finds the school teacher thing ridiculous, though Dom points out, you know, we haven't seen these people in 12 years and things change. Yeah, stuff happens. Yeah. Which is something that Beth is real adamant about not accepting. Like, she just refuses to, and for four chapters now, she's just refused to believe that Flora could be any different than the person she met 12 years ago. Yeah. It, this weird thing, like, Flora is supposed to remain this, this static being in her mind. Yeah. Which, right? which like, kind of weirdly ties into her thinking that she saw the two kids unchanged is yeah. that she also has this idea that flora should never have changed yeah this it's this weird this weird thing like flora's not allowed to have to, moved on yeah flora's not allowed to have done anything without beth so flora has to remain exactly the same in order for beth to be satisfied yeah it's beth will be unsatisfied if flora has moved on from her because in it's pretty clear that beth has not moved on from flora not really not really no. i have a guess based on the beginning of this chapter why she's so reluctant to contact the braids herself. Okay. Um, and the the nonsense bit about the photograph again. Yeah, that does come up again. I know she says earlier, or at least I speculated earlier, that Flora did something and Beth took wild offense to it and broke off their friendship. I wonder if deep down Beth knows it's her fault, not Flora's, that that they, they broke up as friends. It's certainly starting to seem that way. And she's having really big issues dealing with that. And has for a decade or more. Exactly. Yeah. Just optics. It's starting to starting to seem that that's what it looks like. Yeah. So Dom finally gets some coffee in him and then also puts his foot down and tells Beth, look, I am not going to contact Lewis, like, under any circumstances. He calls him Looney Lewis. Yeah. That's very telling to me. Yeah. 
his reasoning is that he could never offer an answer that would be satisfactory to what Beth saw, because what Beth saw is impossible. So there's therefore no point in contacting Lewis, because yeah. they're not going to get an answer out of it. Just, just skip that step. You yeah. know what's going to happen. Now, Beth is kind of crushed by this, but then Dom pitches his alternate plan, because he's been thinking about this, and he says, why don't we just go back to Whittier Lane and check out Newnham House again? Yeah. It's Sunday. We have no other plans. The kids are with their friends. Why don't we just go in and see for ourselves? You get a chance to check it out one more time. I get a chance to maybe see what you saw. We'll see what happens. And Beth is actually pleased by this suggestion. She even admits to herself in this moment, maybe I did make a mistake. Yeah. And maybe this will prove that and then I'll just have egg on my face. Which is fine because then at least she'll know. It's closure. Exactly. Yeah. It's closure. So Dom starts to get ready and Beth hits up Facebook and Twitter again to double check Lewis's accounts. And it dawns on her to check out Lewis's follow list on Twitter, something she hadn't thought of the night before, being unfamiliar with the platform. Yeah, uh, because she couldn't find uh, the kids. Yeah, and she figured maybe, just maybe, if they're also on Twitter, they might follow him. And sure enough, the follow list leads her to Thomas's Twitter account and then to Emily's Twitter yeah. account. And then she notes that Flora and Georgina don't have any mentions or pictures in either of their accounts either. Yeah, nope. Yeah, and uh, don't appear to have any Twitter accounts for that matter. And that just further makes her wonder what's up with that. That's not so weird. Not everyone is on Twitter. But it does make her start to wonder after what Dom had said when he couldn't remember who Georgina was originally. So she kind of confronts him at this juncture and is like, you do remember Georgina, right? Like, I'm not making her up. Yeah. Okay. I have a side note about this one, too. Mm -hmm. So she is very concerned that there wasn't a baby as well. Like, she's second-guessing herself. And then the photo comes back into play again with mm -hmm. vague mention. And it just... Why would you question yourself about possibly imagining a baby? Well... This was her best friend. But they only met the baby once. There was clearly some trauma going on in their life at the time, which as we'll get to and discuss which in a moment. Which we'll get to, yes. And number one, she didn't see Georgina when she saw Flora and what she thought were the kids. And then she didn't get a response from Dom when she first brought Georgina up. Dom gave her a, like a blank stare like, who? Because he had forgotten about her. And so this is basically the juncture where she's like, with all the other craziness that's gone on, with what I think I already saw, oh my God, like, is my memory that messed up that I made up a baby? She's, she's having, she's having a bit of a weird breakdown. Right? I'm just saying, as someone who was recently pregnant and currently the mother of a newborn, who has a, people <laughs> in my, there are people in my life who are also pregnant, you know, you don't forget Right? Like, if you're pregnant at the same time as your best friend, you're going to remember that. Or even if they're close together, you're going to remember that and not question whether or not there was a baby. Yeah. Is Beth losing it? Maybe. This could be a psychological thriller. Maybe. We don't We don't exactly know what's going on. We're not yet. there yet. Anyway, carry Dom, on. however, at this point does put her mind to ease because he's he confirms, yes, there was a baby. I did not remember her originally because we only saw her once. But yes, I do remember the baby. So that is a thing. And Beth is relieved and also relieved she doesn't have to go and find the hated photo, which she mutilated, hmm. which the thought of which makes her ill. Yeah. Great. That photo is never going away. Yeah. The pair head over to Whittier Lane. Uh, we, we smash cut to them arriving at Whittier Lane, basically, a two hour drive away. And uh, they park at the house. And this is the point where Beth finally is like, I need to bring it up because it's going to come up and asks Dom. 
do you know why we stopped being friends with the braids? And she doesn't tell him, and there's reasons for that, which I'll get to in a moment, but she does drop a couple a couple clues. Jankies! <laughs> yes, clues indeed. Um, this, this mystery is, is being revealed in the smallest of bits. Yeah. Small, we're, small bits at a time. We're getting crumbs. Um, Beth does confirm it was because of Georgina that the friendship ended. Yes. So the baby couldn't have been imaginary because it it broke the friendship. Yes. Also, that doesn't actually tell us anything because we still don't know why. Yeah, we also, like, she's beginning to suspect that Georgina might be at the root of this mystery as well. That's certainly starting to look like it might be the case. Dom kind of posits at this point that maybe she was jealous that Flora had had a third child because Beth had had a miscarriage. Yeah. So Beth immediately refutes that with, no, I'm not jealous. Why would you say that? That's silly. And then deep down in the back of my mind, I'm going, I'm not sure I believe that. Hmm. I don't know either. I'm not sure I believe Beth when she says she's not jealous that she... Flora had a successful pregnancy and she had a miscarriage. Because a miscarriage can be an incredible emotional trauma. It's true. She does say that it was only nine weeks. So that's not a lot. Yeah. Enough. It's it's enough, but it's not a lot. And she's like, I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly say that I lost a baby at nine weeks. It was unfortunate, but she kind of downplays it a little. But you're right, maybe she is trying to convince herself that that's the case. Maybe there was more to it. Maybe. Dom doesn't really push, and that's because he seems weirdly reluctant to discuss this. Did you catch that? Yeah. Like he he. My guess is because it's an emotional trauma. Well, then no. he doesn't want to upset anyone. I don't know that it's about the miscarriage, though. Like, he he brings it up kind of reluctantly, and then he drops it. But Beth kind of pushes him further on why the friendship broke up, and Dom kind of sidesteps it. When she kind of tries to bring it back to the friendship after bringing up the miscarriage, he sidesteps it to, let's just go ring their doorbell. Like, let's get this over with. Captain Cook did not sail to islands <laughs> to then sit on his boat and discuss. Dom changes the subject. Hmm. And right. that made me go, huh, what's up with that? Because Dom allegedly doesn't know why the friendship broke up. And indeed, here he's saying he doesn't and just kind of had an assumption. But he also seems reluctant to learn why. Either that or he truly does not care. I don't know that that's accurate. I don't know that that's the case either. It seems weird that he wouldn't care why they stopped seeing their very good friends 12 years ago. I agree. Especially when it's clearly bothering his wife and it's clearly something she wants to talk about. And then he just keeps he, he keeps trying to not talk about it in this moment, which mm -hmm. is very strange to me. Yeah. Suspiciously strange to me. Everything is suspiciously strange so far in this story, though. Mm. I'm just saying maybe Dom knows more than he's letting on. Maybe. Hard to say. Or maybe he knows maybe he knows what triggers Beth and doesn't want to talk about certain things. Also possible. Also very possible. Beth seems like the kind of person who would be triggered into a horrible spiral of upset. Yeah. So with all of that sidestepping and uh, and James cooking, <laughs> uh, they do indeed uh, decide to head up to the front door. Beth is initially a little worried. She's like, well, what if Lewis answers the door? And Dom is like, well, number one, he's in Florida. We know that he's in Florida. <laughs> Number two, even if he is not, even if they do still own both houses and he is back in town for whatever reason, if he answers the door, I will just ask him where his stash of clone children are. 
which which gives credence to my cloned children theory <laughs> of our last episode. More importantly, it breaks the tension yes. in a moment. And they both have a good laugh about he it. He makes her smile, which is nice. And important and shows why they still have a functioning relationship. Yes. Uh, they do wander on over. They hit the intercom and... Nothing. Nothing. No answer. Nobody's home. Dom says, well, we drove all this way. It would be a shame to just turn around and leave. So we will wait a while. And Beth is like, we will wait all day. And he's like, we will wait an hour. Yeah. No, he's like, no, we're not going to... They could have left town. We're yeah. not going to stay no, here no. until they come back. We're not stalking these people. No, no. We're just checking something. We're just checking up on them. So we will wait an hour, a socially acceptable amount of time. If they <laughs> yes. haven't come back by then, we'll call it a day. <laughs> also, it's a two-hour drive home. Yeah. So why don't we just take a walk and check out the neighborhood and wait to see if somebody shows up. And Beth is like, I don't really want to leave too far because I don't want to miss them if they come back. Also, why don't we go hit up one of the neighbors and see if they know anything? Because it's a private lane. This seems like the, that kind of neighborhood where there, everyone would know each other. Yeah, there's probably like a community group. They probably all know one another. They're probably all nosy. Someone's bound to know something if there's something to know. And Dom's initially like, I don't know. Like, if somebody came and asked me out of the blue about one of my neighbors, I'd maybe just politely tell them to go take a hike. But Beth is kind of insistent. And Dom... Well, she's become a little obsessed yeah. at this point. Right? And we Dom, know that. Dom, I think, knows that too. And he relents. He's like, all right, the worst case scenarios that the neighbors tell us off, we will Basically. go and we'll bug one of the neighbors. And then we never have to see them again. Exactly. So they wander over to the neighbor on the one side, number yep. 14. Number 14. They ding-dong on the intercom. Beth thinks she sees someone crack open the door. The end. Of the chapter, not okay. the book. <laughs> so what is with this faux cliffhanger ending? It's to keep you reading. It's the old J.K. Rowling trick. But it's not a real cliffhanger. They rang the bell and someone answered the door. That's not unusual. That's perfectly normal. That's not suspenseful. That's what happened. That's why you rang the bell. <laughs> you rang the bell so someone would answer the door. Ah, that's exactly someone... what's happening. But then some... This is a normal situation. But then someone did answer the door, and that's our hook into the next chapter. Is one... The neighbor is there and did answer the door. It's just the way it's written. She's like, Dom, someone's answering the door. The scary door. End of episode. Well, yeah, someone's answering the door. You rang the doorbell. <laughs> Just, I think it's silly. It's presented as this, you know, suspenseful, exciting thing when it's perfectly normal. <laughs> but that does uh, wrap up the chapter. Yeah, it was a really short chapter. It, uh, yeah, it flew. It. I don't know that it was any shorter than the last chapter, but it flew by really quick. Oh, it felt shorter in like page length. Fair enough. It didn't take me very long to read. It, it uh, gave us a little more insight into Beth. Yeah. Another itty bitty piece. Of our, what's probably a ginormous jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. But that's all. Like, it's a, like a lead-in chapter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're, we're now four chapters in. Heading into chapter five. Mm-hmm. Do you think Georgina is indeed at the heart of the mystery? Or is she a red herring? <laughs> like communism? Um, I don't know yet. Is it fair to say too soon? There's a lot hanging on the concept of... Georgina. So if if she's a red herring, that's a real disappointment. Fair enough. She's being built up quite a bit. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm going back to my haunted house theory. Is the house haunted by Georgina? I don't know. I'm not sure how the haunted house works. But <laughs> maybe it's... Oh, wait. Hold on. I'm going to change my theory. 
because I just had a good, I have a better one. New theory. This is one of those small town, creepy neighborhood stories. Okay. You know, you know the one. They're they're usually small town America where everyone's a little off, and there's a reason, and they don't cotton to strangers. Except that these are like wealthy people on a private lane. Yeah. So it's maybe it's like maybe the British more, version. Maybe of... more like Stepford Wives. Maybe <gasps> are Thomas and Emily robots? <gasps> oh, spoiler alert for Stepford Wives. <laughs> We're bad at this. Anyway. I'm just enjoying outlandish <laughs> theories. The the weirder, the better. Fair enough. If you have any outlandish theories, feel free to uh, let us know on Twitter. This it's a, weird, it's a weird thing of the neighborhood. The children never grow up. Except they did in Florida. Ooh, maybe it's like Narnia. And when they come back, like they don't, they don't age until they leave. And then they come back and they're little kids again. Okay. Weird. Yeah. I mean, it is set in, in Britain. So... New, new, new theory. Narnia. Okay. Florida is Narnia. I'm very tired. <laughs> we don't record that late. <laughs> no, but we have a newborn, and I don't get a lot of sleep. That's fair. That's fair. And hopefully she will indeed grow up, because we, we could use some sleep. Yes. We're very tired. We're very tired. Anyway, uh, you'll want to read up on Chapter 5 in time for next week. And uh, in the meantime... Being in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. as we are, um, people are looking for ways to help yeah because there are always the helpers mm-hmm. right and uh the alberta podcast network has found a way to help so the apn has now what is called pod power <laughs> with pod power atb is making it possible for us to amplify the voices of albertans and alberta podcasters so what is pod power uh pod power is uh the network's new partner program where our advertising partners can donate their ad spots to help amplify uh, independent, nonprofit, and community podcasters. Sort of a good way to boost other people. Uh, this episode, we're giving a Pod Power shout out to A Tale of Two Weeklies. Um, I've listened to A Tale of Two Weeklies. It's a limited series podcast. Um, it's it's hyper local to Edmonton. It's about the C two, and View. Yeah, the two alt weeklies that we had in Edmonton for a while. C and View. And the war between the two of them. Yeah, the weird journalism war that was these two magazines. And it was a fascinating story. And so I really recommend Edmontonians to listen to it because it's really fascinating, especially because we all saw the fallout but don't necessarily know the story behind it. You can find A Tale of Two Weeklies wherever pods are cast, really, um, or visit taleoftwoweeklies.com. And that's the word two, not the number two. Yeah. Some uh, some good local content, or if you just like a good story about journalism skullduggery. It, it is a good story about skullduggery. It's, uh, it might be worth checking out, no matter where you happen to be. If you want to check out any of the other podcasts on the Alberta Podcast Network, and Lord knows, right now everyone's looking for content to stream, uh, you can do so on the CKUA app, where they are all hosted generously. You can also check out the website, albertapodcastnetwork.com. Yeah, really, your podcatcher of choice. Yeah, well, Almost everybody covers all their bases. So. Yeah. While you're there and you're uh, podcatching our podcast, maybe uh, give us a little rating and a review. We don't ask every episode, but it's We're going to ask this episode. Good reminder from time to time. Uh, we do appreciate it. It does help us with our visibility. If you like our podcast, why not give us a, a good rating and, and help other people yeah. find our podcast? So. And honest feedback, even. I, I like to know ways to make us improve. Um, you can also check us out on all of the social medias. Yes. 
we have the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, and the Goods Reads. Yeah, basically anywhere you might go to stalk Lewis Braid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you want to send us a lengthier message, you can do so via Gmail. Yes. We are thereadalong at gmail.com. Also email, not just Gmail. Any email server will send to Gmail. <laughs> uh, I was just running with it. Sure. I knew what you meant. And uh, with that said, as always, we'll see you next time. I'm going to sleep now. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. So with Pod Power, ATB is making it possible for us to amplify, 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 amplify. I'm going to bed. Amplify it.